Today, I have a special surprise for you. Our previous podcast guest, Kenzie Evans, is back, but this time, she is interviewing me. Together, we explore how parents can meet their own needs without neglecting their family and their values. You'll learn life-changing steps on implementing the Victory Hour, which is going to lead to increased fulfillment in your life. We examine the importance of balancing personal needs with family responsibilities and barriers that keep you stuck, as well as specific steps on how to improve well-being when it sometimes feels impossible. You're going to love this episode as much as I do. Hey parents, welcome to Fulfillment Therapy. Do you want to raise your kids better and have a stronger marriage? Are you up late at night researching marriage and parenting tools and self-care tips? Do you start each day hoping for deeper connections and less chaos, but it ends with family arguments and going 12 different directions again? My name's Kendra, wife, mom, therapist, and growth enthusiast. It wasn't until I discovered how to fulfill my unmet needs that I was finally able to show up as my best self, as a spouse and parent. I realized that by meeting my needs, I could more fully meet the needs of my family with more energy and less resentment. In this podcast, I teach parents skills like boundary setting, prioritizing personal needs, communication, and claiming ownership. Just like my clients, you'll be shocked by the improvement in your marriage, parenting, and personal life when you focus on fulfilling your important, unmet needs. Ready to prioritize yourself so you can quit mentally throat-punching people? Then grab those earbuds and head outside, and let's walk and talk. I'm so glad you're here today. I know you're going to enjoy the transformational tips shared and the combined expertise offered that will spare you decades worth of unnecessary pain. But before we start, I just want to give you a quick update. The holidays are at the door, and I know life is a whirlwind. It is for me. But due to some unforeseen circumstances, the retreat price has increased. But don't panic. You'll be given the original price when you sign up and when you mention it on the sign-up form. I was recently researching every single Costa Rican retreat, and I'm happy to report that ours offers two to three times what, and by far, it has the best location. With professional training, most of the others do not offer that, and it's one of the most inexpensive ones, even with the price change. But don't worry, like I said, you still get the old price. You will not find any other retreat like this. The other ones offer food or lodging and maybe yoga or meditation or occasionally a psychedelic drug trip, but don't offer top-of-the-line excursions, not to mention the several that we offer, a like-minded tribe and top professional resources for personal and family transformation. It is time to act. Sign up now while you still can on fulfillmenttherapy.org. Oh, and bring your bestie or your sibling, or maybe even your sibling's bestie. Anyway, let's jump into the episode. 
Welcome back to Fulfillment Therapy. Today we have an amazing guest back again, Kenzie Evans, although I hesitate to call you guest because this time we have a surprise for you where I'm actually considered the guest. And Kenzie is going to be co-host in this regard because Kenzie's potentially looking into doing a podcast in the future. So she's just getting her feet wet a little bit and trying it out. Do you have anything to say to that, Kenzie? Well, first of all, thank you for the opportunity because I just, this is such a privilege for me and you're just sharing your platform with me to be able to practice this. So I'm really excited and I'm excited to put you in the hot spot this time. So I'm excited to get to know you a little bit more. Thank you. I know I'm excited and I've never been put in the hot spot before. So I guess I'll tell you afterwards how I feel about it. (laughs) But thank you so much for coming on. I have been really excited about this. You are actually the one that threw out that idea the last time we did an episode. You said something like, I did all the talking, but I wanted to be asking you the questions. And Uh I'm trying to remember what you said after that. And then I thought about it. I was like, that is actually not a bad idea, especially because you're considering doing a podcast. So thanks for putting that out there and putting it on my radar in a sense. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, I felt excited about it because sometimes I listen to podcasts and the host is interviewing other people. And so often we get the ideas of other people or um, I know with your podcast, us a lot of really great tools and resources and the ideas that you share with us. But I wanted to kind of get the background behind those. So that was kind of my dream is being able to delve a little deeper into your mind by interviewing you. I'm excited. Are you ready? I am so ready. The first thing that I wanted to start with is I wanted to ask you for a little nugget of wisdom that you have gained over the years that if you had the chance, you could share it with your younger self, because I feel like all of us could benefit from that as well. Yes, that's a great question. So one thing that I do with clients is I often do a lot of mindfulness visualizations or meditations. And this has kind of been an ongoing thing that I've refined as I've gone to see what works and watching how transformative it is. This is something that I would totally do to myself. So really a simple way to put that is I would simply offer myself some self-compassion and massive validation and that unconditional love. I think back on times that were really hard going through them, like when I had miscarriages or when I was in the hospital with kids for a while or things like that, financial struggles, job losses, and I was just so broken up about it, so upset, especially when I I couldn't get pregnant for a while. And I look back on that and I think if I could just have gone back and just give myself a hug, if I could just have been like, it's going to turn out so well, it's going to be exactly what you need. You're going to get through it. You're going to have the tools and the resources you need to survive that. You're going to increase in strength and especially empathy. And it's going to be better than you ever thought possible. If I could go back and say that to myself, probably at every stage of life, I would absolutely love to do that. And I think if we could all remember that and kind of tell ourselves that, especially our younger selves, even if it's not a literal thing, Kenzie, if we can do that even in meditations, how powerful that is. What I loved that you added too is that it's a current practice that you're doing right now. 
I feel like oftentimes the wisdom that we gain is still applicable to our lives right now in the present. And what I feel like I hear you saying is that this lesson is applicable to everyone, right? Offering love and self-compassion and understanding is healing. I love that. And I'm grateful that you shared that. So thank you. Of course. Um, Keeping that in mind as we go forward, giving ourselves some love and compassion, what or who prompted you down the path of therapy? That's also kind of a loaded question. I feel like you're going to get a lot of background with all of these. That's what I'm wanting. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) Problem solved. I think I mentioned before that I started my journey with personal training, probably about the age of 16 and on. I've been very much into physical health. So I wanted to do that even from the very first part of college. I knew that I wanted to be a counselor. It was just more of a when. So I started with personal training and then knew that at some point, probably after my youngest children were in school, then I would go back and go to school for therapy, for counseling. I really wanted to be either a professor or a counselor, and now I'm very much doing both of those. Not a professor exactly, but teaching and counseling and doing things like that. From a young age, I felt like people often wanted to confide in me and tell me their problems and have this heart-to-heart, and I always was a little bit curious about it. And it wasn't until much later that I think part of it, this is kind of this random fact, but me and a lot of the people in my family have degenerative hearing loss. And so we had to, from a younger age, without even realizing it, develop more whole hearing in a sense, like very engaged, active listening, where we are very much picking up on nonverbals, the feeling in the room, all of these things. And I think that even, you know, that challenge, that struggle, very much prepared me to be a more active listener. So what brought me down the path of therapy? Yeah, it was just knowing that that was already a gift and not really understanding necessarily why, but also the trauma that I experienced, many types, created more empathy and compassion, especially for the suffering of others. And naturally, I think people could recognize that, like intuitively, that I was a safe space for them to share their struggles without feeling judged and feeling understood. Yeah, that completely makes sense. It makes me think of when I first saw you and your husband here in Costa Rica. And I think that you do recognize it a little bit because you just shared that with us. But there is this part of you that is very warm and charismatic. Just like oozing out of you is this peace and welcoming energy. So I can definitely, I definitely see that. And I can vouch for that (laughs) in real life. can actually be the other extreme too. I don't know if you've experienced this before too, but because listening and empathizing is such an energy gift and sometimes a curse, (laughs) it can be to guard that and to protect that somewhat. Sometimes I am careful who I'm sharing that with. So I'm either pretty warm or I'm pretty reserved. So I'm glad you got the warm part of me. I don't, I'm not trying to be rude, but does that make sense? Like sometimes conserving that energy? Totally. Well, but I would even say that you weren't overly, what's the word? Like you didn't overly share or open up. There was just a warmth about you. And so I think even as you're acknowledging, like there's the two sides to the coin. I do think though, like baseline for you 
when you're just standing there is just more of an approachable demeanor. Even if you're still guarding yourself, it's still pretty open in comparison to other people that I've met. So I'm grateful for that. You mentioned that you've had some trials in your life Mm -hmm. and some hardships. Can you share or would you be willing to share a little bit about those and maybe how those have impacted or defined your journey and how you've gotten to this place where you want to do fulfillment therapy? Yeah, of course. I don't know if you're this way, but remember when you first are feeling all those hormones and those emotions, like as a young teen and into your 20s, like you just feel things so keenly and you're thinking Mm -hmm. about those challenges all the time. And now as I've worked through so many of them and process those things like they don't carry that weight anymore so now it's actually a little bit harder to recall some of those things as you're asking I'm like oh I don't know that I've listed these out recently certain things like my husband uh, lost a lot of jobs and that financial upheaval was really challenging for me that was a little bit later sexual abuse I've briefly mentioned that I don't think I've gone into much detail as a young child but also even as a teen that I didn't recognize as abuse until way later my dad and my brother dying pretty tragically, fertility problems, two miscarriages, one of them possibly twins. I also had two premature babies. One of them, I was in the hospital for a while, and then my son was in the hospital for a while, and that was pretty difficult. They prepared me to possibly not make it through surgery because it was very complicated, the case, and that also stopped my chance of having more children, which now I'm okay with it, but at the time it was pretty devastating. I'm trying to think, uh, just financial struggles on and off, and depression, I think even anxiety, perfectionism. I, I really think that most things I've either experienced directly or indirectly through a loved one. I, I can't say most things, like I've never been in war, or I've you know, never experienced major hate crimes or anything like that, but as far as the the main trials that Americans sometimes face, I think a lot of those I've experienced. Those are really heavy, and that's a lot of loss that you've experienced. How, I think a lot of people would relate to that. Even like you were saying, if it's a different trial, I think just that heaviness, the weight that those trials can bring into our lives, and there are different paths to choose, and not that choosing one path or another makes someone bad or wrong or shameful but how how do people go forward choosing something different because I see you here and your fulfillment therapy is all about creating dreams and beginning to step into your desires and how did you get to that place that's a great question actually I've thought a lot about that lately as I've been working on my own business, rebranding, clarifying my message, all of those things. And I think it came down to part of it, like a sense of necessity. I've learned a lot more recently about responsibility and just taking 100% responsibility for your life. And I don't mean that as, oh, you've been abused, you should take responsibility, or I'm going to take responsibility for my partner's actions that are harmful to me, even just in subtle ways. I'm not talking about that. I'm currently reading this book by Jim Rohn, and I I just read a lot. And 
the ones that really speak to my soul are all about if you want to change something you can only do it on your side of the street so I've really run with that the more that I've learned I didn't quite know it then but that pivotal shift for me really did come after my brother died and I've shared it before but he died from an overdose and he was actually doing really well it was a really heartbreaking experience, especially because my last conversation with him was pleading for him to get some help and to work through his trauma because it was holding him back. It was a really sweet, tender, beautiful conversation. I'm really glad I got to have that last conversation with him. And when he died, it left this hole, just this sadness that he wouldn't have another day to do those things. He wouldn't have any more days to process that trauma, to work through it, to start to lean in and live his dreams and experience a beautiful life that could be his. And I don't mean this from a place of judgment. I really loved my brother. He was incredible. And I hurt that he wasn't able to live that full life So after he died, it was almost like the chains of fear fell away from me. Now, I still experience fear, but it does not have the power over me that it once did. I lean in so much more because because I've learned several times throughout my life, not just with my brother and my dad, but other people as well, loved ones, grandparents, stepdads, things like that, all these people that have passed that there are no guarantees and only by taking full responsibility for what happens next can we really experience our best life again i didn't know that then and let me give you a little bit more background i know this is a big answer but i think it's an important one i didn't even realize and i'm sure you can relate to this too just as a mom and especially when you have younger children it's like all of those things accumulate for years many layers but unprocessed trauma overwhelmed from being a young mother just running on fumes not taking care of yourself also these norms that you grew up with like learning what is best for you and shedding some and not others and trying to figure out who you are in this really chaotic challenging stage of life and I think essentially I figured out through trial and error and a lot of time, a lot of processing and figuring things out on my own, that really I had a lot of unmet needs. And Kenzie, I think we could go off on this topic for quite a while, and we might have even touched on it a little bit before. But especially in faith-based cultures, it's pretty taboo to talk about needs without feeling guilty or feeling shameful. Mm -hmm. And I really neglected those for so long. And it's not until I courageously, almost by necessity, though, it very much was by necessity, had to come face to face with those and recognize I cannot continue the way that I'm going. I have to recognize that I need to meet my needs. Otherwise, I cannot show up anymore for my family and the way that I want to. You know, I feel like that story is a consistent one that I've heard from a lot of people where it's like, 
that dismissal of needs and then they get to a point where they hit rock bottom and it's out of necessity that they have to begin shifting and what i love about your model is that you're wanting to help people not even not get to the place of desperation but rather kind of tackle it before it gets there what would you say then if if they're listening to you right now and this is all new, right? They're coming, maybe it's young moms, maybe it's um, moms with teenagers, whatever, but their normal, what they grew up with is all that they know. Mm-hmm. And so they've kind of denied those needs. What would you suggest to people to gain that awareness, to uh, understand what their needs are, to begin seeing things differently, I guess, to gain awareness how would you, what would you suggest? Yeah. First of all, I want you to remember that this is a lifelong journey, gaining that awareness and recognizing your needs. So there's a lot of different tools that I use in counseling and I use with coaching. Some of that is trauma therapy. Some of that is learning assertive communication. It's gaining an awareness of feelings and being able to identify them and then share those with others. And then also set boundaries and maintain them. Like there's so many layers that takes a while often, but the beginning steps are actually really simple. And for me and many of my clients, that starts with just listening to mental health podcasts, listening to this podcast, reading books, just a little bit at a time to expand your worldview and your knowledge and be able to learn what is adaptive behavior and what is maladaptive or what's healthy and what's not. There's two things that I often say to my clients because these are easier for them to open their heart and mind to. And I've mentioned these before. But the first thing is, I don't even know who first said this, but it's just been circulated so many times. You know that thing where if you put the airplane mask on first, then you can help Mm -hmm. those around you? It's the same exact way. So there is no shame in putting your oxygen mask on first. When you put on your oxygen mask, you can help people. And there is no in-between. Like, you can't just ignore that you need oxygen. Well, essentially, that's what we're saying. Your needs, and I'm not talking like, I need to go become a movie star and do this and this and that. Although, we can talk about that. Maybe that's something you really do need. But (laughs) those needs are crucial, just like that oxygen is. Certain ones, especially. I remind them of that. There is a time when... What you're doing that you think is so necessary is deep down at your core, like when we do meditation, they know, they cannot lie to themselves. They know that it is actually hurting their family more because of that resentment, that anger, that all those layers of that, those things, right, that are underneath that, that are preventing them from being their best self, from being the best parent, the best spouse, all of those things. Sorry, can I just pause you there? Of course. Along with the first one within yourself and within others that you've helped, what are the needs that you've seen most neglected in people? Oh, that's a good one. Well, one thing I had, again, I pull up in therapy often, uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And that's one thing that I talk about a lot. I never even realized it was that impactful for me, but it just creates this visual aid of all the different types of needs. There's like love and belonging. There's physiological needs, all these different things. Like 
you and I and most of the listeners are probably not struggling with having shelter or having food and water. Those lower level needs, and I say lower level, just meaning those really basic foundational needs that we have to have in order to thrive. But a lot of us are struggling with self-esteem issues. So esteem is a big one. I would say most of my clients probably struggle with esteem. And also as they get further up, self-actualization, which is tied to fulfillment. But that's creativity and investing in themselves and having passions and really utilizing and understanding their strengths and their gifts. What God has given us really developing those and how many mothers neglect that it just breaks my heart yeah I feel like that could be a whole episode I'm sure that you have talked about that but this neglect this idea that if we can neglect ourselves then we are uplifting and fulfilling other people but I love how you said that that and using the oxygen mask metaphor because I don't think that many people, especially young moms, because I totally relate to you where it was everyone else first. And if I had time, then me. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and I don't even know if it was, it wasn't conscious, right. It was just like, I am responsible for all of these things, but I didn't include myself in that. And so understanding that, yes, these are a part of our responsibilities, but so is self-love not just like forcing ourselves to do the things that we should be doing because it's another thing on our to-do list right but really looking at it as a, an opportunity to it was fantastic wasn't it as we i told you it would be tune in next time for part two and quickly in closing i just want a rapid fire bullet point what's included in the retreats are you ready all-inclusive six-day and six-night stay in Guanacos Province, Costa Rica, a luxurious private villa overlooking the bay. You get to experience several of the Costa Rican ecosystems. There's a private chef that prepares three meals a day and snacks, plus drinks at the unlimited open bar, and that also includes fancy non-alcoholic drinks. An airport shuttle both to and from, which other retreats do not include. Professional therapists and an expert team. A women's retreat and a men's retreat at a neighboring villa. An on-site concierge to maximize the experience. Five specially created fulfillment meditation sessions that really are transformational that I often use with my clients. Yoga sessions Daily movement and nature experiences are a definite in Costa Rica, and they are going to be fantastic. Immersive training to elevate your relationships and your personal life. Spacious, elegant rooms. And these beautiful villas are just a short walk from an amazing beach that is very quiet and tucked away. Definitely not at all overrun with tourists, so you're going to often have it to yourself breathtaking, unforgettable excursions like zip lighting, hanging bridges in the rainforest, a 1,500-foot jungle water slide, waterfall hikes, hot springs, volcanic mud baths, snorkeling with sea life, sailing, surfing, aquatic adventures, saunas, and seriously more. Do you understand why I'm saying this is such an incredible deal? It is so incredible. (laughs) Solution-focused skills implementation, and expert feedback. 
you're not going to get that other places. And a one-week pre-retreat virtual integration. And what that means is just you will get free materials before it starts so that you'll know exactly what to expect and you can get started on some material to really transform your life. And last but not least, a fulfillment therapy community that will be priceless. Have you wanted to connect with like-minded people that will really take your life to the next level and maybe start fresh with your tribe again? This is an incredible place to start. All right, my friends, that is all I have for you today. Tune in next time for part two. It is amazing. You are going to smile and laugh and cry tears of gratitude for some of the tips that we share. So I'll see you back here soon with the rest of it. Have a fantastic week, my friends. Hey, friends, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, chances are someone else would too. Would you take 30 seconds to share this with a friend who's looking for greater family fulfillment? And while you're sharing, tell me what you think about the show by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. It refuels me when I hear this podcast is helping you, no matter what your house or your hair looks like. I'll meet you back here every Monday and Thursday morning for more episodes. Until then.